Matthew 23 in verse 12, it says, And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever exalts himself, the KJV says a base, but it simply means humble. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. I don't know how, I looked at the word, uh, the the way to title this today. I I thought, man, I could do this, I could do that, I could make it nice and pretty, I could find a way. I just came up with one word for my title, and it's simply this, pride. Pride. That's all I've got today. I just want to speak to you on the simple topic of pride. Let's pray together and ask God to help us. Lord, we need you. We ask you to help us today. We ask you to move in our hearts, our minds. I'm asking you, Lord, to speak a word to us, God, in the midst of the climate that we are living in. But, Lord, this word has stayed true for all of time. This word has been with us, God. This word has not changed. It is the same word. God, the times have changed, but your word remains the same. I pray bless it. I pray help us. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pride can be defined as an excessive or inflated sense of one's own importance, achievements, or abilities. It is a deep satisfaction and admiration of oneself. Now, let me just, let me just stop for just a moment and say, not only am I speaking on this because of what we're dealing with in this month, but I'm also talking about this because this is a normal struggle for people in general. We deal with this pride. So let's not now say, well, pride just must be that, and I'm not dealing with that. No, no, it's, it's, it's the same root. It's the same root, self. Self is the same root. And so often accompanied by feelings of superiority over others, pride can manifest in various forms such as arrogance, haughtiness, and a desire for recognition or control. And while a healthy amount of self-esteem, and we teach this even to our children, you got to have times you got to stick your chest out and hold your head high and know and be confident in who you are. But while that's important, destructive pride can lead to detrimental consequences, including strained relationships, division, or a lack of humanity. Most of the times when you feel... A divide in your family or in your, in your home um, or in the workplace or even in the church, it's because somebody wants to stand proud on what they think is the way or what they think is right and what they believe is to be true. And so they believe that their idea is superior. They believe that their thoughts are superior. They believe that their way is superior. They believe that they like control. They desire these things. They want these things, but... The root cause of these things is simply, it comes down and funnels down to the simple word of pride. Pride. That's all it is. And we find in Proverbs 16 and 18, we are warned because pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. And we can look throughout the text, but we find the originator and the the original pride that we would look and, and, and find as an example in the word of the Lord would lead us to Lucifer's fall 
from grace due to his pride. Lucifer, who was, was, was um, an angel that had a spotlight on him, decided that he wanted to be superior. He did not want to fit in with the crowd, but he wanted to be exalted. And so we find through this that the, the great fall took place. And we find here that the danger of self-exaltation is you and I being humbled, not humbling ourselves, but being humbled. And pride is often rooted in this desire for power, control, or recognition. The greatest companies that we've ever seen in, 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 our, in North America, I could say, have been companies that at times have fallen. You say, what happened? How did this happen? Somewhere along the way, pride began to surface itself. Some of the greatest churches that you can say, I don't know what happened. I, don't, I was a part of one of those churches in, in Houston, Texas. And you would say, I don't know how this happens. I'll tell you how it happens. Pride begins to surface itself up. And that church now has dwindled down to a church that couldn't resemble truth. If you begged it to even identify with it, it was pride. It was pride. It was my way. It was an I want to be seen or I didn't get noticed or I wasn't, I wasn't exalted or I should be higher than what I am. Pride has negative effects. Pride can lead to strained relationships, as we mentioned, can lead to division, con- uh, conflicts. It gives us understandings of the power of it when we look and we understand King Nebuchadnezzar's, um, his experience and his, his life. He was so pro- powerful and prideful um, while he was ruling in Babylon. One day he was walking on the roof of his palace. He looked out over the kingdom and boasted about his achievements saying, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of the majesty of my majesty he says he says it's mine i did this it's my majesty all credit comes to me all things flow back to me however god wanted to teach nebuchadnezzar a lesson in humility in a dream the king saw a towering tree that provided shade and food for all creatures but then a heavenly messenger declared that the tree would be cut down and Nebuchadnezzar would be humbled until he acknowledged that God is the true ruler of all. No matter how mighty you are, king, no matter how much riches, how many riches you have in this world, no matter what you possess, no matter how much land, no matter who lift their hands when you walk in the door, the Lord wanted him to know that I am the ruler of all. Daniel, his faithful servant of God, the faithfulness of God was in Daniel's heart, interpreted the dream and warned the king about his pride urging him to repent and change his ways however Nebuchadnezzar he wouldn't listen and a year later while he was boasting about his accomplishments a voice from heaven spoke declaring that the king's kingdom would be taken away from him immediately Nebuchadnezzar lost his sanity he was driven away from the palace he lived in the fields like a wild animal eating grass and enduring the hardships of the wilderness for seven years he lived in the state until he finally acknowledged something that the Lord spoke to him a long time before that he, he spoke finally and acknowledged finally of the power and sovereignty of the one true living God and at the end of the appointed time Nebuchadnezzar his, his sanity was restored and he praised and honored God he confessed 
his pride and recognize that God, that God is the ultimate ruler of the heavens and the earth. Nebuchadnezzar learned the hard way. What you and I must learn the easy way is that pride cannot stand in your life, that you cannot do this without God, that you are not made up that way. You cannot stand on your own two feet. You cannot make it on your own. You cannot do this on your own. Your marriage can't go in its home. Your kids can't be raised on their own. I cannot establish what is good and faithful if I don't rely on he that is good and faithful. So I've come to smack you in the face today and let you know, no matter if you've been believing this for years or you're brand new, no matter if you're boastful in who you are in God or you're saying, I don't know who I am in God. Pride cannot be with you. Pride cannot walk in hand with hand in hand with humility. I must depend on God. I must depend on the word of God in my life. I've got to trust the word of God in my life. Matthew 20, 26 through 28 says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He did not come as a prideful ruler. He did not come adorning himself in robes and garments of, of high value. No. He came down and found himself in a swaddling garment. He found himself in a manger. He found himself in a lowly life. He found himself as a carpenter. He found himself not, not carrying pride, but yet walking in humility. He found himself not striking those down for spitting upon him but yet he found himself turning the other cheek. He found himself setting the example that you and I must set and know that the way is a humble way. The way is one of lowly living. The way is one of walking in the meekness that he's portrayed by his example. And so yet this month we find that is a month now given not a day, not an hour, not a week, but a month. A month has been taken away from us where we, can, we have to be careful. We gotta be, we, we gotta be careful. Even my good friend here that's today, Omar, is, is a, he works for Walmart every day. When he logs on to the server, there's a new colorful pride month. Something there for Walmart. Walmart has now given themselves to this way of life, this, this thinking, this agenda. And so everywhere you go, you'll find it. Target, I talked about this a few weeks ago, is now giving you a way to, to, to clothe not just you, but now they've gone a step farther. They want to clothe your children. They want to put this mindset in your children. I'm going to fight through the resistance I feel in some areas today. I'm going to push through it right now because we've got to be careful with pride. I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of just nudge it and then we'll kind of go through it today because let me help you understand that it only leads to destruction. It only leads to a certain thing that the Bible says you either humble yourself or you will be humble. There's no alternative. 
It didn't say you'll find in the middle somewhere if you're lucky. It didn't say maybe you'll skate by if you're lucky. No. It said you humble or you will be humbled. So I've come as a warning today and I'm waving not a rainbow flag but a flag of surrender today to say, God, I humble myself as an example today to let you know I will not do this on my own. I cannot make it on my own. But I stand firm on the fact that I've got to have you. Let me help you understand that everything that's good in me is of God, uh, comes from Him. Everything that's right in me comes from Him. Everything that's strong in me comes from Him. Everything I've ever done well is because of Him. Everything I do well with my kids is because of Him. Every good night, time I'm good, anytime I'm right in my life, it's because of Him. It's because of who he is. It's because of what he is. It's because of my identity in Jesus. I've got to learn every day. Paul said simply this, I die daily, meaning I've got no place for pride in my life. Meaning when I wake up, Paul spoke of a thorn in his flesh. He spoke often of running races. He spoke often of these small competitions in the scripture. Paul would have struggled with pride. And the Lord dealt with that pride when he said he gave me a thorn in the flesh. He said, I ask. I ask that it be removed from me. I begged it go away. I asked three times, Lord, please take what I'm feeling, what I believe it was. I believe it was a, 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 a fleshly uh, uh, illness or a fleshly feeling that he had because the Lord was dealing with what Paul dealt with the most his flesh. Why? Because good things happened when he showed up. Because great things took place. He overcame things. He overcame the mentality of it's not fair that I would be dealing with this. He overcame the fact that while he was locked up under the road and these people were walking by and they would spit upon him. He didn't look and say how dare you. I should not be here. No. What did he do? He took out a pen and paper and began to write about the goodness of God. He pinned out one word after another that you and I look at and boast in as strong, strong people of the word of God. Those words came from a place of humility. They came from a place of bearing a burden under the pavement of this world. It came from a place of literally being under the feet of people, the opposite of pride. Nothing good comes from pride. Nothing right comes from pride. Nothing healthy comes from pride. Nothing, nothing, nothing good comes from pride. But the antidote to pride, and we've talked about it, the antidote to pride is, in fact, humility. It's, in fact, serving your neighbor. Serving the one next to you. Serving those that are close by, that are in need. This, the, the antidote of pride. And Jesus spoke extensively about humility during his teaching. He spoke extensively about the power of humbling yourself. And we read it already, but I want you to get it again. Matthew 23 and 12. Our scripture for the day, it says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Notice that. Whoever exalts himself, I chose to get there myself, will be humble. But whoever humbles himself, whoever takes the initiative to find themselves lowered, whoever takes the initiative to walk in a lower place, they 
will be exalted. How will they be exalted if they if you're exalted, but you have to be humble? Then how is it that it works? No, the whole key is that God, God exalts. Or God humbles. You have the choice in your life. You've got the choice to either exalt yourself or to humble yourself. But you're going to get one or the other whenever it works out in your life. You, If you humble yourself, he'll exalt is what the scripture's telling me. You feel like you're not where you want to be? Well, let me tell you something. Begin to serving somebody. Begin doing a work in somebody's life. Begin doing something that changes somebody. Begin doing something that speaks a word and helps. Jesus emphasizes this so greatly. Those who exalt themselves and seek recognition ultimately be humbled. They will be humbled, while those who humble themselves will be exalted by God. Matthew 18 and 4 says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus uses the example of a child's humility to teach that those who humble themselves, this, this approach is like a childlike trust. This is why the enemy is going after our kids, because the Lord saw our children as precious. And so what does the enemy want to do? The enemy always mirrors the opposite of him, working in the same field as him. The enemy comes and says, these are these are children of innocence and humility. No, I'm going to take their innocence away and I'm going to slap them with pride. I'm going to take everything he loves. Do you understand how this is happening yet? Do you catch on yet? Have you figured this out yet? Do you see this yet? Everything we're seeing is the spirit of the Antichrist coming and saying, you like that? Well, we like this. Now, they're bold about it. If you're not going to accept us, then we'll worship this. Do you see? This is happening in our world. This is happening now not just in our world, but it's creeping its way into the church. And I've come to tell us we better humble. Humble ourselves before God and declare that I'm not going to do this. I cannot make this on my own, but I stand again firm on the fact that I've got to have it. I've got to self-reflect at times. I've got to look at myself. You see, we can have two things here. We can have, just imagine with me, and I wish I'd have thought about this before, we can have a mirror, or you can have a window. And the reality is, as many times we have windows in our lives. We look out the window at people, and we look at all the wrong. Brother Moss, I'm going to pick on you because I would never, ever truly mean any of this. How dare Brother Moss? I can't believe I could look at him and say, how dare he wear nicer overalls than me? I can look and I can see the window and, and I find my way through and I can, I can think about this. How in the world can they do this? And I, I don't believe they would do that. I cannot believe they would think. We have windows because we peer through the glass and it has no reflection back to me. But we look at people and we, can, we tear people down. We look at this and we look at that and I don't like that. And, and these people are this and this is pathetic and they're, 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 they're this and they're all these things. But however, we at some point in our lives need to adopt a mirror. And the mirror takes off of what you can pass through and look at others and see others and say, well, they're this way and they're that way. And I can't believe they'd be this. But rather a mirror looks back at you and tells you the truth. There's been moments in my life where I thought, man, I feel okay today. I feel like I look all right. And I get to a mirror and I realize why didn't somebody tell me this was going on? Why didn't someone speak this? It's the same way in your spiritual walk or in your everyday walk. Sometimes I need to look in the mirror and realize that I need to quit looking at everybody else. I need to quit tearing down everybody else. But I should look in, in inwardly and I, I should look 
at self and I should evaluate some things. How am I talking and, and what am I doing? I know I said they weren't helping, but what have I really done? Do I only show up when I'm applauded? Do I only, t- do, I only do this when I'm noticed? Do I only speak kindness when people are around me? Do I only in these times? I've got to find a way when I look at myself. And if I can find any pride in me that looks, when I look at others, I see it as something I look at with a critical eye. But when I see it as myself, I see it as something that's okay. I've got to deal with that. I've got to learn. And I'm hurrying here. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. But I must learn to surrender my pride to God. I must learn to embrace God's unconditional love. I must learn to embrace the power and need of redemption. I must learn and pray over the need to be humble and to die daily as Paul did. I must, I must learn and affirm in my own mind that I need each and every one of you. That I cannot do this on my own. That I need you in my life. I don't have time to have anything between you and I. I don't have time to have any rifts between us. There's no need for that. Ultimate humility would say, I know wrong was done, but I want you in my life. I need the word of God that comes from you. I need the kindness that comes from you. I need the good that comes from you. I need the help and I want to do this life with you. The reason why we have to focus on these things is because it's so critical and so important to realize that you are not on an island by yourself. You cannot do this by yourself. The opposite of pride is understanding that I'm not above everybody else but I'm in the same place with you. Clay, come here for a minute. Sean, come here for a minute. Eric, where you at? Come here for a minute. I want you to know one thing right now. I want you to know right now this church is blessed with great, great come on up here real fast. You're not on a I want you to know we're blessed with great ministry. And as we stand together and as we walk together and as we lead these great people and as our families do a work, understand right now as there's going to be more and more and more operation on what God's doing. Dad, I want you to come here for a minute. I want you to know that we're not now elevated above and we're not now finding ourselves in any other way. The only way we're able to do this we can walk with pride and say get that get in the middle if you can but everybody needs to know right now we're not going to say well thank God we're not doing it that way anymore no the reality is I thank God that all the days that we're ahead and behind are all that I thank God for all of it but if I have pride if I have pride that it was my way, then you're going to be in your way forever. And everybody else will move on. If you have pride that it's this way, then you're going to be stuck there forever. And everybody else is going to, we're dealing with pride today. We're dealing with it today. We're, we're pushing it out today. We're going to humble ourselves today. And so I want you to know something right now. That years and years of faithful ministry has been here. And I promise you one thing. That years and years and years of faithful ministry will endure. I promise you. Why is that? Because we will set an example to you. There's no room for pride. 
There's no room for the core spirit that's directly connected to the things that God hates. So let me tell you right now, let me tell you this real fast. You humble yourself or he'll humble you. You humble yourself or he'll humble you. He gets it. I'm not going to talk to him like that. But you humble yourself or he'll humble you. And I want them to know right now, I'm going to humble myself or he'll humble me. He's going to humble me or I do it myself. Let me tell you right now, Brother Moss. You humble yourself or he'll humble you. I want you to hear me, Justin. I'm so glad that you're here. I want you to hear me right now. Humble yourself or he's going to humble you. I want you to hear me. My, my kids, I want to teach them every day that you do it or he's going to do it. One way or the other, we don't have time for it to flow through this church, Brother Jerry. We don't have time to be reaching the things that are of self. It's not about Jerry. It's not about Paul. It's not about all these things. It's about him. And when I understand right now that I can do it on my own, I take the light off of me and I make it about him. I take the attention off me and I make it about him. This month, I'm celebrating pride, but I've got pride in Jesus. I've got pride in a God who can, and I've got humility in myself. We, we got to be careful. I know we're people of the name, but do not let that become an issue that separates you from everybody else. You say, why well, are we, don't know we're not to be separate. If that was the case, Jesus would have never went to the well. He would have never wrote in the dirt. He would have never been touched by the woman with the issue of blood. No, he was the man of the name. And we're the people of the name. And when we walk through the streets down Main Street, when we go to the county fair, when we go to the bank, when we go to Walmart, when we go wherever we go, we ought to let people know that I'm, hum- I'm humble. And I'll serve you just like I serve anybody else. And you have a need, I'm going to pray for you. You have a need for something in your life, I'll be there for you. I am going to humble myself. God, our world, our world is lost in self right now. Our world is overwhelmed with self and our kids are lost, our families are lost. People are broken. Lord, I'm praying right now for every person that's entangled in this mess. I pray, Lord. I know this is going to sound different, but God, I pray for the two people that are in the same-sex relationship. I pray for them today. I pray that you allow them to see that your way is better than their way. I pray that you let them see that I cannot do this on my own. I know the world's peddled lies. I know the world's told me this is the way, but I pray you wake them up and let them realize that I need him. I need him. I need him. And I pray you let them come to a place of repentance. I pray in Jesus' name, let this church be a church that walks in humility. I know we have truth, and I know we have the name, and I know, I know, I know. But God, if we have no humility, then we've missed it all. Let us live by your example. In love as you've loved, God, let us be the hands and feet 
I pray in Jesus' name. I'm asking every night, every Wednesday night, when these sweet people serve these wonderful kids' food, I pray, let it be example. I pray, Lord, let it be example every every Thursday night when our incredible team for CR gathers together. I pray, let no pride slip into our hearts and our minds, but let us remember it's all about you, God. It's all about you every Wednesday, every Sunday, every moment the youth gather and the kids gather. Let us, I pray in Jesus' name, no, we cannot do this without you, God. God, our future depends on you, but first it depends on us, we know, because we have a choice. We humble ourselves, or you'll humble us. So God, I stand right now letting you know I'm nothing. I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you, God. I pray in Jesus' name, come over this house. Come over these people. Speak a word to every heart and every mind, God. I pray in Jesus' name right now, would you begin to talk to him in this house? Would you begin to talk to the Lord right now for a moment and begin to speak a word into your family, into your home? In Jesus' name. These altars are open if you'd like to come. I'm asking today, don't walk out with pride. Don't walk out boastful. Don't walk out declaring that you've got it figured out. No, I would ask that you walk out. I'd ask that you walk out and say, God, I'm not going if you're not going. I can't do this if you're not with me, God. You can make a way. In your name, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Help us, oh God, help us, oh God. God, everything that I am, make sure I pray, God, that it's of you. Everything I think I want it to be, I want it to be centered around what you want to do in my life. God, I pray, help me. Help me, God, help me, God, help me. In your name, Jesus. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, I want you to let these words speak to you right now. I'll hear from heaven, oh, oh, I'll hear from heaven, people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven, oh, I'll hear from heaven, and if they see my face and turn from their wicked oh, yeah. ways. 